It's so important for successful businesses to manage their interactions with current and future customers. Customer Relationship Management Tools, CRM for short, can make a real difference to this process. But as always, there are many systems available. My guest today specializes not only in helping customers choose a CRM system, but also helps train them so that CRM becomes part of their culture. Hear how Eileen started Inform Training and has helped many financial advisors embed CRM into their businesses. Listen to the passion Eileen has for marrying CRM with culture and business processes to create successful and profitable relationships. That's all right here in episode 28 of the Marketing Protection and Finance Podcast. Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for providers and advisors looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of protection and finance. For each episode, you can find the show notes and links to things we talked about at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAS. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards. So let's get started with today's interview. I'm delighted to introduce my guest today and she is Eileen Murphy. Eileen runs Informed Training, which is an independent provider of consultancy and CRM training services working closely with the financial services sector. They offer independent, practical, hands-on consultancy in order to understand businesses. With empathy and understanding, this ensures that training is relevant and ensures companies use their CRM systems more effectively to drive their business forward. A little-known fact about Eileen is that she appeared on stage with the late Roy Castle and Carol Vorderman. And like Roy Castle, she believes in dedication. That's what you need. So Eileen, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Thank you very much, Roger. I'm delighted uh, to join you and thank you very much for inviting me. Not a problem. And how are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Roger. Very well indeed. And you're in Birmingham, aren't you, Eileen? Yes, we're based in Birmingham, so um, a great place to be, um, and we visit clients all over the UK. So, yeah, we're sunny Birmingham today. No, it's always sunny here. (laughs) Before we get into our main discussion, Eileen, let's find out a little bit about you. So tell everyone about your background so that we can get to know you and find out what makes you tick. Well, I left school in the uh, late 70s and I joined one of the large banks, uh, the old Midland Bank at the time, um, and I was there for about nine years. So that's where I started my career. And then I decided that I wanted to to branch out a bit. And uh, um, I ended up working for a company called Abbey Life. Um, We're going back now to the 80s. I remember Um, Abbey Life. I I went for an interview with Abbey Life down in Bournemouth, I think it was. Oh, that's where they were based that's where their head office was yeah I was I was looking around to to change my career and I went to one of these career road shows and there was lots of different organizations there and Abbey Life was one of them so so yeah they've got a massive big uh, head office now but I don't think they trade so much as Abbey Life now but um, yeah you were it was a great learning curve for me Roger because you were employed on a self-employed basis so it was a big come out of your comfort zone and it was a bit like running your own business but so I had a lot of grounding in some good things I used to run my own practice and I took on my own staff so it it taught me an awful lot 
so that that was where I was for about eight or nine years and then I decided to go and work as an IFA in those days of course with their financial planners now um, as an IFA for an accountancy practice and that was a really interesting interesting scenario I was the financial planner if you like of today uh, setting up the group schemes and uh, and the limited companies and sorting out the director shareholding so that was a real real good time and in those days we used to work with a lot of uh, computer contractors as they were known in those days and they used to set up the limited companies and the accountancy practice would guide them on the shareholding um, and what salary to pay Um, and so that's when I was working with computer contractors IT people and that I got introduced to working for a financial services software company and then I moved over to training so I worked for um, do you know client care desktop it used to be called CCD it's still around these days indeed yes it's owned by Capita now but it was um, who was it owned by um, oh my brain's gone key key software uh, and actually I did it the wrong way around I worked for Synaptic Systems first which was a research tool and that was great I used to work with the development team moving that over to the online version then I went to Key Software to do training on their software and then I moved to uh, in, in Teleflow uh, training on their in, intelligent office system and I was there for just bef- just nearly four years and I really enjoyed my time there there was a good good group of people there and a good piece of software and that was my first taste of cloud-based solutions if you like online solutions so and in 2010 after working there for about four years I decided to set up my own company and that's where my journey really began so I decided to set up my own company because I felt nothing against the company but I felt that the clients could get more and I felt that you know I just felt it was time that it was uh, to set up my own business and that's where informed training started as a training company back in 2010 but it's so much more than that now so uh, yeah so so here we are today uh, informed training and in, t- in 2015 we're coming up to our fifth year this year and uh, we have a team around us of up to 15 people that I can bring into projects at any one time and uh, we're independent and we have a best of breed um, so we can talk about that maybe later but how we can help your clients but as far as I'm me I'm married um, so I'm married to my lovely Bernard uh, we have no children but uh, I don't know, I don't really see how we would have time for children <laughs> um, I don't know how people manage their business and their family life as well I must be very sad Roger I must be very sad you sound um, very busy Eileen so busy massively busy I must say but I love it Roger I have to say it's it is busy and it is quite challenging at times but the the buzz that we get from coming away from clients and them training or whatever service we give them the fact that they they come back to us with feedback that's gosh Eileen within a week we're already seeing a change and then within a month and within three months wow you know we're closing our pipelines pick quicker or or we're organizing our databases better or whatever it may be you know it's a, it gives us a real buzz and uh, so I was having a look at your website and obviously you you do provide a wide range of services but yeah. I think that the focus uh, that what drew my attention I think this is where you started was CRM and before we get into a, a bit more detail about what you do let's get over that three-letter acronym first I know a lot of people oh, yeah. hear those initials CRM and they they die for cover 
cover, don't they? Uh, yeah. And we, we don't really need to be frightened of CRM. Just just tell, tell the people who are listening to the podcast a little bit about CRM and what it really means and, and how it can benefit your business. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, CRM uh, is Customer Relationship Management. And as far as the technology is concerned, it's a one one central place to manage the relationships that you have. But actually, it's, it's a dual message, really, because you have in your real life advisors, financial planning companies, they have to manage multiple relationships. So they have to manage the relationships with their customers, with their brokers, support services, uh, compliance officers there's there's so many different relationships that you have to manage and you can manage those within a CRM which is a relationship database within itself so in other words it can manage multiple relationships within the one central database so at the start of any sort of journey that we have with a client we we really do some education on what CRM is and how the system can manage these multiple relationships and what the benefits are so the benefits are that particularly if you have even if you have just two people working in an organization you need one central place where either of you can go to one central record and you see the whole journey you see all the documentation that's relevant all the emails that are relevant you've got all the information at your tips and of course these days you can access that information on your phone on your ipad and as we only deal with cloud-based solutions there if you're abroad you can access it on the internet so crm it encompasses the relationship database the actual software but it's actually a culture as well of managing those relationships that all businesses have to manage and to grow those relationships, to nurture them, whether it's an in- first inquiry and you nurture that to they get to be a customer. And then when they're a customer, you've got to nurture that customer relationship with your client propositions and ensure that you meet the propositions that you've set. And we help clients do that within their CRMs. And so I hope, I hope that's given you a a flavour. Uh, I hope that makes sense. That's a, that's a good ex- explanation of CRM. And I'm quite curious, do you think that there are quite a lot of companies out there who aren't using CRM and are somehow muddling through by, I don't know, using spreadsheets and old-fashioned paper filing systems? Does that still happen? Well, I have to say, in financial services, financial services are probably one of the first industry sectors that started off with the in brackets back office they've actually got quite a good culture of managing data okay it's not quite the same as relationships but data um, we still do come across an awful lot of companies who even though they've got a back office in place they still revert to spreadsheets and as much as we like spreadsheets we use them ourselves you cannot automate a spreadsheet when it gets to a situation where you've got a database with all these records, you can colour code them, you can filter them, but you can't automate, you can't manage a client proposition on a spreadsheet. So in the financial services, it's much better, Roger. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there who use back offices and CRMs. In, in fact, back offices are moving over now to to they've bolted on things to make them customer relationship management systems Uh, so a lot of them do use them but what we do find more so in financial services that they don't use them to their full capacity or the users are not using it in a succinct manner so if you're going to embed 
the use of a back office or a CRM, then everybody has to follow the same rules. And if one of the employees doesn't use it, then it falls down because you haven't got that open transparency where anybody can go to a record and see the whole trail. And as they're live systems, as you update something, it updates it automatically. So to answer your question, financial service is getting better, but we're finding the ones who use it need help in customising it to match their business process and user adoption training is required. And for those who haven't got any systems, which we do come across a lot, who are actually, you're perfectly right, using spreadsheets, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger learning curve. So, But we also help financial planners customers so uh, our organization actually can help the financial services but we help their clients as well so we help their accountants we help their solicitors and we help their their clients who run businesses because we do crms for their clients as well so we, we can we can help everybody so it's a full end-to-end service that you offer so you go in you assess the company you assess their crm requirements you look at the systems they've got if they have got some and presumably recommend systems to buy if they have and then you train them in the use of that, in the consistency, and in how to maximise the uh, efficiency of it all. We do, absolutely. I think where we're unique, and uh, you, you forgive me if I'm sounding my own trumpet, but I think where we're unique is we start right at the beginning of the process. So we need to understand their business process. So we actually sit with the clients and do a business process day, and we invite all the members of the team you've got to have the power planners in there you've got to have the financial planners in there you've got to have the management team in there compliance because if you're going to use one central database then they all need to know what everybody else is doing even though if they're not necessarily pressing those buttons so we document the business process from that initial inquiry or referral from an existing client all the way through to the steps of implementation delivery and that, of course, includes their research. And then bringing them on as a customer, what's the client proposition that you now need to manage? So even without looking at the systems, we can still go in and do a business process day and, and document that from a high-level view of the individual elements and summarise that then. That then forms the foundation of what your technology needs to manage, if that makes sense. Indeed. So rather than the technology saying, oh, sorry, you can't do that because this piece of kit doesn't do it, it's what do we want our software or our CRM to do to manage this process? We need all of these steps in our system. So then we look at the system that they've got, and if it needs customising to match their business process, that's what we do. And then if we customise it, then we train all the users how to use it on a live case study on their live system. And that's, again, where we're unique because they're actually doing a live case study. So if it's the para planner, how do we get the research from the from the software where we don't have to go out to the different website? We can do it all in-house. It obviously depends on the functionality of the individual software, but we customise quite a few pieces of kit to match the client's business process. So if they've got a piece of kit, then we customise it to match their business process. If they haven't got a CRM, then what we'll do is use that business process to go out and have a look at the best of breed that we have to see which would match their requirements in the short, the medium and the long term most. Depending on their likes, their dislikes, their budget, their interface requirements, what do they need it to 
uh, to integrate with. There's a number of uh, factors that we take into consideration. And because we don't sell the licenses, we have no interested gain on which system they go with. We just know that we've done our due diligence and we have a best of breed. We have our skill sets, expertise, and uh, we've, we've ensured that we've chosen CRMs that can meet all our clients' requirements. If not all of them, you know, as, as, as many as is possible, if that makes sense. This is really interesting. A few weeks ago, um, one of mm. the guests on the podcast was a lady called Michelle Hoskin, and she specialises in helping companies come up with their operating procedures. And this is quite nice because once you've got your operating procedures in place, effectively what you're doing is offering the next layer of Correct. the cake in, in, in some respects. You're, you're giving them the automation to implement that operating procedure. Perfect. Yeah. How do we embed that? So we could take that and say, right, let's embed that within your system. Good. Let's let's go back a little bit, Eileen, to the beginning when the the idea for this business first surfaced. Now, I think you mentioned earlier on you were working for another company at the time Mm. and and you came to a firm belief that you could do it better. And therefore, you came and set up your own business. So tell us about when was the light bulb moment? When did that light bulb light up above your head and you thought, wow, this is what I can do and I can do it different. Talk us through that story. I I think it was a little bit of a journey where I was delivering training on a great piece of kit and what we were doing had great value. But actually, you speak to your clients in the in the break times and and when you go back to clients after training, they've gone back to their old ways. And I just felt I can I can nurture this better and and keep them on a journey to ensure that they just build on the foundations and they just need that level of support. And I think the key thing was my husband was retiring and he didn't want to retire fully. He wanted something to keep him going, if you like. We were in the garden in the summer and we said, right, OK, we're going to set up our own business. Well, I said, I'm going to set up my business, Bernard. So <laughs> he, uh, he retired in the April and he was working for me in the May. So it happened really quickly. I just just made that decision, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out and I'm going to take it to another level so that you're not just telling the clients what buttons to press and what great functionality this piece of kit does. We're actually going to apply it to what each individual organization needs. And the thing there, Roger, was what's key is when I set up my own business, what was the first thing I needed to have in place before I even went out to the clients? It was my own CRM. Of course. And the thing was, the uh, the, the company that I worked for before, they used CRM. And at, at that time, it was Salesforce. Um, so I didn't really think about it. I thought, oh, I need a CRM. I'll go and get Salesforce. So off I went and I purchased it online and I thought, right, I've got to get it set up now. But I didn't realize how hugely different it was to what I needed it to do as a training company. Okay. So I, I kind of taught myself. I had a three-month bedding-in period and I taught myself 
how to customize it to match my business needs. So we did exactly what we do with our clients. We sat down, we wrote a business plan and we said, right, what do we need to capture in our system so that we can drive our company forward, that we can monitor and track and report and market and do all of these things in one central place. And bear in mind, there was only two of us at the time. So I went out and got Salesforce and I customized it. And then the light bulb moment was, hang on, if I'm having to do this, now I'm realizing why the customers are not using their systems because it doesn't quite relate to what their business process is. And they see it as a, as a pain in the neck, if you like. Oh, God, I've got to fill in all this data. But if you only filled in data that gave you accurate reports, such as in financial planning, their, their um, MI reports for the FCA, then... There's, there's, a, there's a need to fill that data in, if that makes sense, and it's understanding what the data needs to be to get the reports out at the end. So we implemented Salesforce. We went out. We started to market using our database, and we tracked our, our pipeline and the normal sort of things that businesses do, nurtured those inquiries to customers, to delivery of training, and then the, the other services expanded on there. Now, the next thing was I needed a bigger team. So we needed to bring more people in and we needed the software to do more. And But we were still quite a small and are still quite a small organisation. And the price to go up from one license in Salesforce to the next was quite, quite significant. And that's where the light bulb moment went. What other systems are out there? And I went out and did my due diligence on the systems and we're constantly keeping an eye on what's going on in the marketplace. And that's where we developed from there our best of breed. And in fact, I don't mind saying, but we decided, and there's nothing wrong with Salesforce, it is a brilliant piece of kit. And in fact, a lot of the product providers in financial services use Salesforce. It's very expensive, but it is the market leader. And it, it's very customizable. But as a small organization, it was too expensive for us. And we moved our data. I did all my research and we moved ours to a platform called Zoho. And it's exactly the same principle. It's a CRM. It's probably 80% of the functionality and probably a third of the price. And it remains that today's because we keep an eye. So now we train and customize on Salesforce, uh, Zoho, because we're experts in that because we use it uh-huh. every day. Um, and we have now up to 15 people on my system. They all come into projects so I can track are we on time? Are we on budget? Are we meeting the client specifications? We've got their training programs on there. We've got the whole journey from the initial inquiry all the way through to bringing the client on, implementation of the service. And then it's it's like the equivalent of the client proposition in financial services. We have our A to J, we call it A to Z uh, route planner service, which is holding the client's hands after we've done the initial build and train because you guarantee they'll want to evolve it and they'll want it to do more and we train them and help them and we do support as well, contracts. And our best of breed includes Microsoft Dynamics as well and then we've got financial services uh, solutions as well. So you've got IntelliFlow, there's Curo out there, which is based on Microsoft Dynamics and Synaptic Systems, the research tool. What I'm hearing here is a 
a, a major focus on, and these are my words, probably not yours, but on follow through. And I think what I heard you say earlier, and, and this, what resonates with me is that a lot of people will go to seminars and they'll go to training sessions and they'll go to anything that they think will help their business grow. And they'll yeah. sit there and they'll listen and they'll make loads of notes and they'll get really motivated by what the speaker's saying. And yeah. then they'll go back to their office and within half an hour, the shutters come back down again and they just revert to type either because they're busy and they've got to, yeah. they've just got to get on with their day job and they very, very quickly forget what yeah. they heard at the seminar or the training yeah. session. What I'm hearing from you, Eileen, is that you help them follow through on that. So it's not only a question of this is the, this is the CRM system that you might use, these are the processes, this is the advantages, but we'll help you go back to the office and carry on doing it rather than just forgetting about it and the second thing I heard and the second thing I heard I think as well is the overcoming that perception that this sort of thing is just another layer of bureaucracy and 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 let's face it none of us like filling forms in I'm one of the world's worst for filling forms in and my initial reaction if somebody said every time you've had a phone call every time you've had a meeting I want you to fill in all these fields you know my my thought will be oh for goodness sake I don't want to do that but what what you're doing is you're drawing out and highlighting to people what the business benefits of these systems are and in fact how you can turn something that maybe some people would view as bureaucracy into a distinct business advantage absolutely right roger and i think the key thing is that if you sit with each individual person who's going to use that system and you ask them what is your current pain how can we help what you're currently doing slick in it um, you know, and just record the information that you need in order to do your job. If you take all of that in the initial business process day, when you come to customize it and they can say, wow, yeah, Ireland's embedded what I needed. I would like a system to do this for me. That would really help me. If you do that, how much more likely are they going to use that? Because it's going to help them achieve whatever their goals are for whatever their role. And it's very much hands on. What do you need a system to do? We'll also look at the management, you know, what the system needs to do for the, you know, for the management side of it, but role based. And then you're absolutely right. Once you've done that and you've done customization and you've done the interactive case study training you then need to do workshops we come in and just do workshops and we sit with them at the desk and say right what have you got on your desk today shows how you're doing it what are you struggling with how can we help and we can find ways of slickening their processes even further we often find they're duplicating stuff that they don't realize they're doing well if i could show you a way of doing this on your system quicker how's that going to help you save time reduce stress and yeah they just they just buy into it but it is It's not just attending a meeting, as you rightly said, and it's natural for us to go back into the office and then, wow, we've had all these emails, we've had all these phone calls and we just get on. But if it's a part of your culture, everybody switches on their emails, don't they? They come in in the morning, the first thing they do is they switch on their emails. Do you know what we do? We switch on our Zoho. <laughs> that is our first thing. I want to see, and I can see everybody logged on. It's a little bit, it's, it's really not that big, big brother. Um, You've got a little but, control panel and you see 15 green oh, lights yes. flash up. <laughs> oh, yes, which is great. And you know what? They, and, and one good thing that really comes from this, management have to buy into it as well. If I don't use it, are my team going to use it? But the key thing is we've built it to match only the data that we need 
to look after our clients and grow our business. So we've built it around what data we need it to capture. And there's a difference, isn't there? So what would you say was the one big idea that you would like those people who are listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from the experiences that you've had? In terms of CRM, I would say analyze your business process. Most people do it at the end of every year, and that's why we're so busy at this time of the year. Have your business process document for what you want your technology to do for you and ensure that the whole of the team know what those high-level steps are and that they follow that for the benefit of not just them but the whole company. And I would suggest that they definitely have a quarterly review to evolve that and probably even even more than that but minimum of a quarterly review so i think the the things that um, michelle hoskin does because i've met michelle i know michelle and what she um embeds in your best practice do that uh, follow michelle's instructions there because if you're serious about your business then you need to ensure you you follow all of that and then use that then to ensure that you map it across into your own, whatever your system is, ensure that your system um, maps that so that everybody is following the same and you'll get the same good results. You'll find that your business grows. You'll find that you're looking after the clients better. Transparency is there and you'll help tick all the boxes for the FCA and the ISO requirements as well. That's great, Eileen. And I've learned quite a lot about CRM just talking to you this morning, things that I'd never knew before. And one question has just occurred to me is about social media. A lot of people these days use things like LinkedIn to communicate with people how does that interact with crn systems these days is that possible do do is there a way of linking communications on linkedin and potentially other social media services into these crm systems absolutely but it, it does depend roger on which system you've got so it varies across the board so for example um our system integrates with facebook and twitter And we have built our own separate fields to link with LinkedIn, if that makes sense. Indeed, yes. We're big users of LinkedIn. If if you want social media, most of the CRMs out there have integrations with CRM. This is is fascinating. Um, I hadn't really thought about the implications of this, but, of course, more and more people are using social media today to find new clients. And and obviously it makes perfect sense to ensure that those contacts, be it on Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn, are actually reflected in in the entire record of that client relationship so that that's really interesting Eileen. Eileen this has been a fascinating discussion I've learned a lot about CRM that I didn't know before once again it's another part of an overall business strategy I've already mentioned we've had Michelle Hoskin on the show she's been talking about procedure and international standards you've added an extra layer talking about how you can weave the importance of CRM into a business plan and of course we've also talked about marketing and and other other strategic uh, issues on the show so thank you so much for coming on before we go however i always like to finish the empath podcast with four quick fire business questions are you happy to stay just for a few minutes to complete those yes roger i'd be delighted to thank you if there was one thing that you could change about the financial services industry perhaps by waving the proverbial magic wand what would it be eileen i think i'd like to see more clarity so what do the fca want 
and what do we need the systems to do to be able to provide the financial planning sector with what they need to give the FCA. More clarity. What's the one business model or product or campaign that's caught your attention in the last year, even if it was from a competitor? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. There's, uh, well, it's, it's, it's actually a very small piece of kit. It's, a, it's an app. Uh, we want to record all our meetings um, and we're trialling audio light. Uh, it's a, an Apple app where you can record. The challenge we have is the size of the files and we want to upload them to our CRM. So we love audio light and we find it very useful and we think our clients might find it useful too. That's, that's really interesting. I'll have to look that one up. My next question was going to be tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your ah. life and business, but you've already answered that question. And, yeah. fi- and finally, Eileen, what's the best business book that you've ever read? Tell us why you like it so much and what you oh. took from it. Okay, I'm not very good at reading books, I'll be honest, because I tend to read a lot of material on social media, such as Twitter and LinkedIn. But I am reading a book, um, and it's Duncan Bannatine's 43 Mistakes Businesses Make and How to Avoid Them. That's an, I've read that book myself. And in fact, funnily enough, yeah. one of the uh, biggest campaigns I ever did when I was marketing director at Scottish Provident was something called the Next Level Campaign. And Duncan Bannatine was our spokesperson, and he actually came on the road with us, and he stood in front of audiences of IFAs and told his story. And he was giving away copies of that exact That's book. exactly where I got this from, Roger. Is it? I Excellent. went to the one in Birmingham, uh-huh. and I'm not a big one on reading books because I just don't have the time. And I know I should do. And um, I took this on holiday with me, and uh, it's a really good book. Whether you like him or you don't, it's a really good book. Good stuff. And finally, before we sign off, Eileen, tell everyone yeah. how they can connect with you on Twitter, LinkedIn, and wherever it is, and, of course, your website. Okay, thank you. Well, our website's www.informedwithaned.training.co.uk. We're on Twitter at ITinformed. We're on LinkedIn, so check us out on LinkedIn. Look at our testimonials. Uh, we're on Google Plus, although that's a learning curve. I'm trying to. Get, I've got two accounts on Google Plus, but you might find me on Google Plus. Um, those are our main uh, main uh, areas that we um, we interact with clients, and we'd be delighted if you've got any questions at all. You're on that journey, or you're considering it. Just get in touch with us, and we'd be happy to help in any capacity that we can. Thank you, Eileen, so much for talking to me today. Let me wish you every success in the future, and I hope to catch up with you again soon. Thank you, Roger, and the same here. And thank you very much for giving us the opportunity to help. listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash itunes and leave a review If you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product, campaign or business model you'd like to talk about, please get in touch. You could be the next guest on the show. And do remember, nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind. It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?